I'm Dave. And I'm Greg. And we love watching great films. But we don't get to watch as many as we used to because we're dads. So we've made a super duper podcast all about it. This is Dads on Film. Go on, start that again, sorry. Okay. Oh, oh I kind of lost it now. I kind of feel like <laughs> you've, you've knocked the wind out of my sails. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll just carry on going. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit flustered, Greg. Why are you flustered? Sweating. I'm having technical issues all over the shop today. My big computer's packed in, so I'm on a little 10-year-old MacBook, mm. and I'm in my son's room, as you can see from the... Bunnies, nice bunnies on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah, I'm just all... Rock and all roll. Rock and roll. Just, you're just, oh, yeah. yeah. Get on with the gig, you know. Don't matter if it's out of tune. Doesn't matter if <laughs> Doesn't it's matter out of tune. Doesn't matter if it's out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> you're cool. Um, right, uh, yeah, so 11. Like, we're in like the second, I guess, like... Well, we are into double figures last week, but, you know. Well, technically, yes. Yeah. We're, nearly teen- we're nearly teenagers in... I know. Two, two weeks, I suppose. Not, not, <laughs> <laughs> not sure. I think that analogy broke down before it started. Yeah. Um, yep. How have yep. you been? All right. All good. Good. Other than me being flustered, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really good. good. Thank you. you we doing? had a. I'm trying to think. We had a nice weekend. It was our little Dimitri's birthday, so we went to the oh, went to the course. pub with the boys. That was good. That was really yeah. good. He, uh, we had to take him home at half past nine. <laughs> oh, really? Which was great. Um, Stand, that's, standard, that's not surprising. Standard two pints stew there. <laughs> I'm just thinking of your stag do in Manchester. That, oh, my God. When it, he didn't even make it past like seven o'clock. And then I'll try to think what else we did. Went to Vent's Garden Home. Richard. Oh, love that. Breakfast. Did, that was good. Did you get any salt and pepper seasoning? No, they're, they're not oh. really doing that many sort of uh, demonstrations and stuff like that. Oh. Minute, so. Bought some beers, though. Got some really nice beers. Cool. Yeah, cool. and they did a massive cool. bike ride on Sunday, which was great. That was really good. Yeah, sounds good. How about you? Good. What did you get up to? You know, like I should actually think about what I've been up to before we start recording, because you have to, <laughs> like because it's not like you don't ask me this every week. But mm. I've honestly blanked. I think I, I can think this morning. I walked, went for a nice walk with my dad and uh, yeah. his dog in in the rain. And nice, yeah, mm. yeah. This cool big trek out. Uh, just odds, odds and ends, you know, seeing mates and that. I've got Perfect. a couple of weeks left before proper work starts back and, uh, you know, yeah, so I'm kind of making the most of it, really. It's Rubbish. Yeah. i tell you what I've been doing, and this is kind of breaking our um, our rules a little bit, but I have been watching a TV show. Ooh, what's And that? it's very good. So, on Netflix, and you've probably seen it advertised, The Last Dance, it's the sort of Michael mm. Jordan and uh, yeah. Chicago Bulls thing. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, I'm not interested in that in the slightest. I am fully gripped. It is. It's like really, really exciting stuff. It's really cool the way they do it, isn't it, though? They they really dramatize it well and like with your your moody sort of like panning shots of Michael Jordan (laughs) looking longingly out a window in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Literally, my knowledge of Michael Jordan goes as far as that time that he was playing golf and got pulled down uh, a golf hole. Oh yeah, that's literally all I know about Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, his, and his mate Bill Murray. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah I, it's I, it's, I've, it's I've really really well. good. Really, I've, good. yeah. I've enjoyed that as well. I've enjoyed watching that. That was cool. Mm. Um, mm. 
So I need, yeah, I need to catch up with that. Um, I, yeah, I've, I'm still watching The Office US. Yes. I'm on series five. It's the just greatest, genius. greatest TV show ever made. Yeah, yeah. And you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out that TV and movies can live along my life side by side. I can, especially yep. when you got like 22 minute episodes, you just like I'll sneak one of these in, sneak another yeah. one. Yeah, I'll do another Amazing. one. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, have we had any messages? Yeah, the first one I had was actually from Richard, regular cool. listener Richard, just yeah. saying. And I, I'm not going to say the full thing because, again, your mum did comment that we're getting a bit sweary. But yeah. Richard just sent me a message saying, Lever is hilarious on this podcast. So this oh, is going back to last week's episode yeah. 10 with yeah. our uh, our fantastic guest, Lever. So, so he the, outwitted the us. Film fights. He outwitted us. He said Lever is hilarious. Well, he's he not allowed back not ta- on. <laughs> yeah, not taking any crap. Well, I've had quite a lot of messages from people um, just saying how much they enjoyed Lever on the podcast. Yeah, well, I have as well. People who don't know Lever as well going, oh, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed this week. So we, I, I think we'll do some more of them where we'll just Yeah, get... maybe we'll uh, we'll get Lever on every now and again. Yeah, that's, that's cool. One. That's cool. Definitely. Um, yeah, uh, anything else? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we seem to have made quite a few sort of Instagram friends this week, which is always very nice. Friends. Digital friends. Friends. That's cool. That's cool. So um, Dan, so Dan from Dan Allen Movie Reviews, uh, he yeah. just said, great podcast, guys. Thanks very much. Lovely. Thanks, Dan. Love your work. Cine uh, Jockey said, love your content. I think he does that. <laughs> content is quite generic, isn't it? Maybe <laughs> I love this movie. This movie-based content, <laughs> movie or TV-based content, <laughs> which could be a podcast or could just be photos. Generic content. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Cine Jockey. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> so another one, and this one was genuine. Was Antonio from Tony Fresh Reviews? He uh, tagged us on his story and just said, "Can't wait for Nolan Week." which is this oh, week. Amazing. Here we so are. thank you very yeah. much. Nice to see um, you, Tony. Yeah, definitely. And he's got some great, great content. <laughs> he <laughs> does actually have some great, no, he's got he a really does cool have some format. Great content. Yeah, really, he does really comic books stuff. as well. And he like gives it a rating out of 10. And then he gives like, it's got a really good structure to his, his way of reviewing things on Instagram. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Eastie sent us a message. Um, this is Eastie used to be my neighbor years ago. Mm. Not to be in ages, he just sent me a message. Says, uh, Dungarees, I finally started listening. Top work, guys. Obviously, Dungarees was our yeah. episode one password. Episode one uh, password. So, thanks, Easty, and uh, Merry Christmas because uh, <laughs> you worked that one out. Um, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smart, smart. Wonderful. Right, th- thanks for your messages. Keep them coming in. Thank you to, as always, to everyone who's listening. You can uh, send us a message at Instagram, at Dads on Film Pod. Uh, you can also find us on the Facebook and the Twitter uh, and that sort of business. Give us a review. Go on to Apple yeah. or your other podcast providers, and if they give a function for giving a review or a rating, yeah. Why not? Why the hell not? Well, Why not? Unless, unless you don't like us, and then... Mm, don't don't like us, so that's, that's probably why. Um, Greg? He is. What's coming up on the show? Cue music. Uh, so next, we're both handing in our homework. Uh, a listener asked us to watch Vice from 2018, so we're doing that. Uh, then it's Nolan Week, so Tenet comes out next Wednesday, so we're going to look at every single Chris Nolan film. Uh, well, most of them anyway. Uh, this week's So Solid View is Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, then we've got I'm on the Wreck-It! Yeah! Uh, and I love it. Really good. You're good at voices. And then we'll be setting some homework. 
get on with the show. Bring it on, Greg. I'm gonna wreck it. No, that was that wasn't as good. Bring it on. Homework. We've both got homework this week, David. So last week, Richard sent us a message on Instagram asking us to watch Adam McKay's Vice from 2018. Did you do it, Greg? I did it, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Good. I actually watched it in parts, actually. I watched it in chunks because I couldn't find the time to get it through it all in one go. But yeah, I've, I've watched the whole thing now. Okay. And, but to be fair, that's what Rich does. Rich yeah. watches 20 minutes of a film, gives up, texts <laughs> text his reviews whilst he's watching it. He sent me a picture of um he started watching the lighthouse did i tell mm. you this and i no. just texted him and said you are gonna hate this film this is not your type of film <laughs> so i messaged him back a few days later and i was like what did you think of lighthouse he said didn't finish it <laughs> i was like i'm not surprised <laughs> oh, there you go yeah yeah fair enough um but oh, he does but, like he <laughs> does like vice so um let's let's have a look so vice came out in 2018 um and it's a so-called satirical comedy drama uh, yeah. and it's a look at the sort of dark underbelly of u.s politics it's particularly looking at J- dick cheney uh played brilliantly by christian bale um, yeah. and uh, mainly his actions post 9 11 but before before that it looks at his earlier life and his earlier political career hmm. so it's written and directed by adam mckay who's uh best known as Will Ferrell's husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, made, he did Anchorman with him. He did Step Brothers, but he, he was his like writing partner, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Years he so he used to write people. on Saturday Night Live, uh, yeah. where obviously Will Ferrell was from and things like that. So yeah, Step, uh, uh, Anchorman, Anchorman 2, Talladega Nights, the other guys, yeah. Step Brothers. But then he sort of caught everybody off guard because he moved away from the sort of you know, sort with the big silly big sort of comedy yeah. that came out with the big short. And I mean, if I'm a, if you don't mind me starting, it's mm. all right. Um, so um, first of all, Christian Bale's appearance and performance as Dick Cheney is nothing short of sensational. It's just an amazing transformation. Yeah. If you if like if you take a look at Dick Cheney, if you put him side by side with Christian Bale in this, it's like wow, um, yeah. it's unbelievable. But more so for me, Sam Rockwell's portrayal of George Bush. I thought it was just completely on the nose. I thought it was yeah. so, so good. And it blows any sort of like Michael Sheen, Blair, or yeah, you know, yeah, Helen yeah. Mirren Queen out the window. It's, mm. it's just awesome. Um, I must admit, I struggled at the start. I struggled probably for the first half of it or so. Um, I felt, first of all, it wasn't really. I mean, it had been sold to me as a satire. It wasn't that satirical, really. It was strange. No. It, it was kind of didn't really know what, didn't have a firm sort of identity of what it was either side of sort of like satire or sort of biopic, really. Um, more dramatization, but um, it, it also presented a bit like a Michael Moore documentary. And I know other stuff that Adam McKay's done in the past, even Anchorman has got that sort of narration, sort yeah, of like yeah. almost documentary style sort of feel to yeah. it. But it is a bit Michael Moore in the way it's trying to shine a light on. Um, sort of scandal and things like that you know yeah. i mean for the first hour i'm just sat thinking this thing thinks it's really clever but i don't think it is as clever as it thinks mm. it is in terms of being a political satire it's no it's no in the loop you know it's no, 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 no um 
I, I just didn't like this way of like explaining everything and for, you know for the bits it didn't have the facts for it was really sort of self self-aware and saying we could literally says something word to the effect of we could make this bit up for dramatic effect but that's not how the real world works and so, and it, i'm just like you're not clever as you think you are you swear and you're swerving even an opportunity for any dramatic license it's kind yeah. of like you know that where you, where you could have like made it a good bad thing, but it but it, I felt felt it was hand holding all the time. It's kind of like every little bit. It's like explaining every little bit sort of thing and not sort of presenting it. And it's kind yeah, of, he it's sort of did that in the Big Short as well. So when they yeah. were trying to explain all the kind of you know um, all the kind of Wall Street stuff, he was like, I tell you what, here's um, here's Margot Robbie in a bubble bath, right? Ex- explain it, and then it literally cuts to Margot Robbie in a bath. Yeah, explaining it, you know, and it's like <laughs> you'll understand it more in this way. And he that, ca- that kind of carries over into this a little bit. And it's like, well, I'll tell you what, let's just explain what this means. Yeah, Which, it, in 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 one way it helped, but in the other other sense, I was like, yeah, but well, like kind of yeah, like gives a bit more credit in that. Like, yeah, um, I, so I, I mean, and it does that all the way through. I mean, after about an hour or so, I settled into it. The part that it really steps up for me is the bit where it. I mean, it starts off at, at, at the immediately post 9 11. Yeah. Then it flashes back to his early life. But when then it comes back up to 2001, yeah. 9 11, I, t- I started to enjoy it much more because it does a really good job of shining a light on the dubious way in which he manipulated international laws, tortured Guantanamo Bay, yeah. manipulated, manipulated George Bush. Yeah, actually, actually, before nine eleven, but ahead of his presidency, manipulated him into sort of handing all this power over over yeah. to him, um, uh, and it—that's the bit where it became more interesting for me. I did know some of that stuff, but I, I learned a lot as well. I mean, having said all that, like the performances were amazing. I thought Christian Bale brilliant, uh, Sam Rockwell superb, Amy Adams fantastic, um, yeah. and 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 I liked it in terms of that performances, but actually as the whole thing together and the structure and the sort of narrative for me, it was, it just didn't quite know what it was. What did you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Fairly similar. Some of the kind of more abstract, not really abstract, but the kind of more um, surreal moments where it did try and explain things to you so for example there's a restaurant scene where it kind of explains guantanamo bay and things like that oh I did the, quite the enjoy menu that and that, that, was, that, clever. That's that was funny yeah cool, <laughs> a cool little uh cameo from alfred molina um just oh, was he the really, really un- yeah really really under, yeah. underrated actor he was um he's in loads of things but it, for me one of the big ones he was doc ock in uh, Spider-Man 2. Oh, cool. He's obviously been in more dramatic work than that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the f- main thing I remember him in. He's actually in the very, very beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay, cool. I, I digress. Um, so I kind of like those sorts of things. I like it sometimes when films, they don't take themselves too seriously when it comes to a, a serious matter, which I, mm. I think was really good. But the thing that caught me was the style of it, and I was massively, massively impressed with the style and how it was made. Yeah, Adam McKay. He's you, you can see, again, like we said earlier. You, if you look back to like Anchorman, and you look back to all these like uh, the digital shorts that they used to do for like Funny or Die and things like that, you can yeah. see him starting to kind of experiment a little bit and try these new, try these different things. So you've got like the narration in Anchorman. You've got like um, I'm trying to think what other stuff. 
you've got him trying starting trying to do like action a little bit more with um, the other guys. And I don't know. I think with each film, he's sort of getting a little bit more confident and trying something new. And then obviously he's built up to um, the big short where he did loads of different things. Mm. And then it's kind of honed it in, honed it in, honed it in vice. And for me, it was kind of, it kind of reminds me of almost like a mixture between Edgar Wright with all the kind of, the like hip hop montages and quick yeah. cuts and things like that. and Tarantino as well. Mm. It, it's a little, it's a li- little bit yeah. of an odd one, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was massively massively impressed by the script and and just genuinely how it was made. Story wise, yeah. not not so fuss, but for me that that was the big sort of uh, drawing point. So I think. I'd be very, very intrigued to see what he does next. There's rumors that he's going to be doing a Marvel film. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. M film. Um, I much prefer films that are more nuanced and kind of like will present things to you and and allow me to make me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But it it literally tells you this. However, on the other hand, we've both admitted that we didn't really know anything about this. Mm. And now we I've learned loads. loads. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, learned, I've learned loads. I'd, I'd just say it. Sam Rock, Rockwell is George Bush. It's so I'm, good. He's genius. The, Every, bit, ep- the bit, the bit that I, lo- I really loved, and it was in all the trailers, but was just the conversation that where Bush is like, "I want you as my VP," and yeah. he starts going like, "Okay, I'll take foreign policy, the military, yeah. and all." That. Give and me the more mundane see, things. You actually see like because he the fishing rod. Plays, yeah, plays fishing. What am I talking? About? He goes fishing, and you just see it's hook. And then the next one is line, and, and then sink but, but it, it freeze frames Sam Rockwell <laughs> yeah. as if he's been yeah. caught by the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's that I thought was yeah that kind of style brilliant, yes, really really yeah. good. However, yeah. again, the rest of it is fairly heavy handed. Um, where can we watch Vice, Greg? You can watch it on Amazon Prime Video. Um, so yeah, head there. Brilliant. And I will say it's worth a watch. Like I've been it's a bit quite critical of it, yeah. but but. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's just I prefer more subtle stuff. Well, let us know what you thought of Vice, and don't forget to send us films you want us to watch for homework. This is the news. This is the news. So, news, Greg? Anything exciting going on? I've got news this week. Okay. Okay. Um, you, I don't know whether you've heard. Uh, so, um, yes, Will I, Smith yes, and. I have. Will Smith and Kevin Hart, um, a remake of um, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because obviously Steve Martin and John Candy, 1987, it's, it's a yeah. great film. It's, it's amazing. So um, and, and to be honest, it, it's been remade already. I mean, so many films have taken in. Oh, yeah. Um, like, what due was date the, for one. Uh... Due date, that's the one I was yeah. the Zach Galifianakis one. It is just trains, pl- trains, trains it. and automobiles. Yeah, yeah. But there have been <laughs> yeah, others that have been very similar as well. Do we, do we need it? Will Smith and Kevin and Hart? Uh, Kevin and Hart. What is wrong with me today? Kevin Hart <laughs> doing planes, trains and automobiles. Um, it's, uh, Kevin Hart's no. almost too, it's too <laughs> obvious for it. It's just like... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, God. Mm. I'm kind of who fed up with it. Who would you cast? Instead of Kevin Hart, I'd cast. I'd tell, you, I'd tell you who I'd cast. Go on. Steve Martin and John Candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't Just leave it alone. We don't need it. I know. I know. Believe me, Nick. But hey, so it's 23 years since uh, the original. Um, I'll watch it. I'll 20, probably no, watch it. No. 
33? No, sorry, 33 years. I beg your pardon. I can't even count. That would have made me 22. Yep. Um, 33 years since the original. Oh, I remember it well. Well, I remember it from when I first saw it in about the year <laughs> 2000 and something. Um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. See. You know, Will, Will Smith's fine. He's done his kind of buddy cop. So I know it's not a buddy cop film, but he's done those sorts of films, obviously, with Bad Boys. So we know he can kind of do that and be in a pair. I just don't know. It, it just seems low fruit to me. It, yeah. It, you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's definitely. just, it's too easy. It's like, it's, come on. Can you not, can we not have some original ideas? What should we do? Oh. Oh, it's been 33 years since playing these trains and automobiles. Let's remake it. Have you got anything? Yeah, uh, a couple of quite cool trailers have come out this week. So the first one is for um, Death on the Nile, which is obviously the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. So it's Kenneth Branagh. Hey, let's get him on to chat about it. Let's let's find a way. Let's Let's pull some strings. Let's make it so. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Make it so. so. But... What a cast. This is this is such a good cast. So obviously, Kenneth Branagh is reprising his role as Hercule Poirot. Um, you've got Gal Gadot in it. Yeah. You've got Army Hammer. You've got Russell Brand. You've got French and Saunders. Is Russell Brand still around? Yeah, apparently so. But French and That's Saunders. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and, it's, you know, plenty of others. Wow. You can imagine Ken, Ken, Branagh, Ken Branagh's gone straight to his little black book, and, he, and he's yeah. just gone down and gone. He's just rung around and gone, hey, you fancy being it? Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. You know they all know each other. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I watched the uh, Murder on the Orange Express and it was fine. It was good fun. Uh, you know, it's not going to break yeah. any records or break any boundaries, but it was fine. So you know what? Yeah. I am quite looking forward to this one. It, yeah, it looks cool. good. Like a good, um, a good sort of murder mystery thriller sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the second trailer, sorry, the second trailer released this week was... So this is called The Devil All the Time, and it's a Netflix film. Um, but basically, it is Tom Holland starring with a supporting cast of Robert Pattinson, uh, Sebastian Stan, who is uh, the Winter Soldier from the Marvel films. Um, yeah. Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise in the uh, It uh, films. Um, and then loads of others like Mia was Mia was Wachowski's in it, um, Jason Clark's in it. Okay, just like a really really good sort of solid cast, but cool. it looks super dark. Just like the plot on uh, IMDb is, Sinister's characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwards town, teeming with corruption and brutality. Doesn't give much away, but it looks so dark. And again, Ooh. as we said earlier, I said a few weeks ago, Pattinson looked crazy in it. So he is everywhere at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, but like, yeah. I mean, he's kind of established himself now, and everyone wants him. Uh, which I think no, for, I good, do. for good reason. I oh, know I do. Oh, oh, on your wife, no, um, Edward. <laughs> That was that is um, but yeah, it was yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, it looks really, it looks really cool. Super dark. I'm very excited to see what happens. I like. I'm looking forward to seeing Tom Holland away from Spider Man as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, cool. See what happens. With that. Um, okay, so that was the news. <coughs> what are you um, what are you drinking there, Greg? Oh well, this is. Uh, Nice steaming cup of Joe. Uh, 
Where's that? Uh, where's that cup of Joe uh, from, Greg? Oh, nice guys at Cloudgate Coffee sent me a nice selection box with loads of different uh, co- coffee blends ground to my liking. So I, I I happen to like it for my cafetiere, but you can get it for an espresso machine if you want. You get a whole bean if you want, if you want to grind your own. Yeah. Mm, I can smell it from here. Wow. That, that'll be the Tanzania Peaberry. Whoa. I, I want it, Greg, but... I may even want a bit of a discount on it. Is that possible? I can hook you up with a discount, Dave. If you go to cloudgatecoffee.com and you use code DATS, you can get 15% off your order. And you can use that as many times as you want. You can use that for coffee. You can use that for, uh, you can get one of those Airpresso thingy machines, you know, that makes espresso. Yeah. They're cool. They're cool. Tell me more. <laughs> I could. Uh, I mean, there's a weekend blend that I've got here. There's a, the morning after blend. That sorts you out. The morning after. Don't know what the morning after what, but it sorts you out. <laughs> Making this bloody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, cool. Thanks. But, but yeah, 15% off. <laughs> Code dads at cloudgatecoffee.com. Do it. Do a Hans Zimmer Nolan noise. <laughs> Yours is cutting out. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> so that was obviously an homage to uh, Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan because it's Nolan week, everybody. Oh my god! Why is it Nolan week, Dave? Don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Because Tenet comes out a week today. Again, we'll break the uh, fourth wall, guys. We record this on a Wednesday. So yeah. we are, it comes out 26th of, of uh, August, Wednesday the 26th. Cannot yeah. bloody wait. Let us know if you have your tickets, because if you've got your ticket for the Wednesday, we really want Greg, to hear from you after you see it. Greg, yeah. I've got my ticket. Oh, cool. Thanks for letting me know. I'll <laughs> let welcome. myself know as well. I've got my wasn't, ticket. Wasn't difficult, that, guys. No, yeah, exactly. Just let let us know. Um, it'd be it'd be amazing if you if you're watching it on the day of release. If you've got an opportunity to let us know your thoughts, yeah, do that. Do it. And we'll get you, get you in on the podcast ready for the Friday. So we'll be here next Friday, telling you what we think about it. Yeah. So uh, in the run up to that, though, we thought we would go through and discuss all of Christopher Nolan's films. We will discuss all of them, Greg, regardless if we've not seen them. I'll give you a little background. So he's, he's a British writer and director. Uh, he grew up in London. His dad was an ad executive. I like to think of him as sort of a madman kind of guy. Um, yeah. And his, his mum was an American flight attendant. And um, a lot, on a lot of work, his work, he's collab- collaborated with his younger brother, uh, Jonathan Nolan. So Jonathan's often... often uh, oh, Jonah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As, um, <laughs> as a writer um, or producer on yeah. a lot of his films so uh, but Jonathan Nolan does a lot more sort of TV work so yeah the big the big ones Westworld yeah definitely yeah um and also he works closely with his wife Emma Thomas as well Tom, yeah. um on a lot of his films too um so in 1998, he had his first feature that was called Following, and then, but the big one was in two th- in 2000, Memento. That kind of grabbed attention. Uh, we'll speak yeah. a bit more about that in a bit, but I think the thing that made him a sort of household name was um, when Warner Brothers kind of took a punt on him, really, and uh, yeah. gave him the Batman Begins, and consequently, um, a dark, the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. So the whole of that trilogy. Um, 
I mean, for those who don't care for his work, firstly, I'd say, A, you're wrong um, <laughs> to not care for, your, care for his work. Um, but, I mean, secondly, whatever you think of his films, I, I kind of urge people to appreciate that he's quite unique in a way because yeah. what he's... he's He's like a, he's a visionary, and there are other visionaries, cool. But there's, I don't know any other visionaries who managed to persuade studios to give two hundred million dollars to yeah. make the film that they want to make. And he doesn't seem to compromise. He doesn't seem to have to compromise on his artistic vision in terms of the end product. I can't. Why should he? If you got to, if you, <laughs> you look at the top ten highest grossing films ever, and like. Yeah. Three of his films are in there, or something like. That. He's made oh, Warner Brothers billions and billions of dollars. Oh, exactly. It's ridiculous. Uh, and and he can literally do whatever he wants now. Yeah. And Warner Brothers kind of go, yeah, all right. Um, so he has made ten feature films to date, and um, we've seen most of them. And mm. we are massive fans of a lot of them. And uh, yeah. but we, we're going to pick them apart a little bit as well. Um, so going all the way back to, like I said, 1998, um, following. That's something that neither of us have seen, have we? No, but mainly because it's really, really hard to get a hold of. Yeah, because it didn't. It, it got a really, really limited release. It was a tiny budget. It's it's in black and white, so that kind of shows you the but you know kind of uh, the budget on, on that yeah. one. Um, yeah. And kind of not really heard much about it. I know it's about a guy who basically one day just decides to start following people. Um, yeah. He's, he's like an artist and to get inspiration, he starts like looking at people in the street and then eventually that sort of leads to almost like becoming a bit of a stalker and it becomes more of a psychological thing. And it was made on $6,000 and... Um... I've, I, anecdotally, I hear stories about some of the creative decisions they had to make in order to make that work on the budget. So, yeah. you know, if a character, in, if they originally wanted him to have a gun, they had to decide that instead he was going to have, I think, a hammer. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a weapon and yeah, things like yeah. that. You know, that. so um, I'm really, obviously, really intrigued to see where he started. Yeah, and what yeah. that was like compared to his more recent films. So, um, that, 1998, that kind of set him up for um, his next film, and this is the one that grabbed attention to yeah. Memento, which I've Memento. not seen in many years. It's so good. It's, yeah, it's, it was one of the, it came out of the time where studios were starting taking risks on smaller directors to make these kind of independent film, like much smaller sort of indie kind of films, kind yeah. of off the back of like. When Nicolas Cage won the best actor for uh, *Leaving Las Vegas*, yes. that's when studios started going, "All right, well, independent films can be taken a little bit more seriously, so let's yeah. start putting some money into them." Um, and again, that was a good, you know, a few years later. But *Memento* was definitely in that kind of wave of films that came yeah. out. Um, Had Guy Pearce in it, yeah, relatively sort of not necessarily unknown Guy Pearce because he'd been in obviously L.A. Confidential, but L.A. Confidential, uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, things like that. But he he wasn't necessarily a a leading role at the time. Um, I suppose you'd probably argue he he never really was. I don't know. However, however, such a compelling performance. Yeah, incredible. and and it's so and it's so interesting conceptually. I mean, so it's half filmed in black and white, half, uh, it's half shot in black and white, half shot in color. And mm-hmm. uh, the the black and white, and the color, they have significance to the timeline. And this is the first. I don't, as far as I'm aware, following didn't have um, 
a theme of time to it. But this is the first where Nolan really sort of showed he, he started his sort of obsession in films yeah. with time as a concept and manipulating yeah. time in, in cinema, yeah. uh, which he does quite a bit later on. Um, so I, it's the, but just say just just on that, I think it every single film from now on. He, yeah. there, there is a certain aspect of messing about with, with time and time yeah. lines and things like that. Yeah, and that that's, I, I think that's the kind of, like, um, <laughs> the, there's two things that link Chris Nolan films heavily. Well, there's a lot of things that link all his films, but the two biggest ones are Time <laughs> and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Caine isn't in, in Memento, but he, he, we'll speak about Michael Caine later, but he's in a lot of his films. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really, really interesting. You could watch Memento several times. In fact, um, I, think, I don't think it's a spoiler to say... Um, so it's presented in a shuffled fashion, Memento. Yeah, it plays pe- out backwards, basically. It, 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 yeah, to a part certain of it extent, does. One of the timelines does. If you're looking at the main kind of key timeline, the film actually plays backwards. Yeah. And that, is, that, that was the whole point. That was the whole kind of the marketing push behind it. The guy... Yeah. Um, he he's lose was he lost his short term memory or something? So he's he got amnesia. Write, yeah, yeah, yeah. Write himself notes, tattoo notes on himself because literally within five minutes he's not going to remember what's happened. Yeah, and it goes. But he kind of tricks himself as he goes on, like because he kind of like yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't say anymore, Greg. Um, no, but great cast again. Carrie Ann Moss is in it. Um, yeah, really good performance there. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a co- wicked little film. Cool, cool film. Um, so yeah, that that was two thousand, um, and then moving on to Insomnia, which was I think was the first studio release he, he had. Big, Memento big studio is, release, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, hold my hands. I've not seen Insom- Insomnia either. That's the other one that I've not seen, but you have seen Insomnia, yeah. So um, Robin Williams um, and Al Pacino, and Al Pacino. What a it, cool it, duo! Um, is it Hilary Swank? Hilary Swank in it as well. It's been a while since I've seen it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, Hilary Swank's in it. Yeah, yeah. Hilary so, Hillary Swank plays the detective. Yeah, so a kind of setup for insomnia is Al Pacino is a, a cop who goes to Alaska basically mm. to investigate a murder, and right. I'm not going to kind of go into the details. Something happens, and some I really I try not to give it away. There's a murder, yeah. okay, and somebody witnesses this murder. However, because of the whole daylight thing, <laughs> you of know, course, in, in, in Alaska, in, yeah, in Alaska yeah. the, I don't think there's one nighttime scene because it all takes place in daylight. And Al Pacino is just stru- so struggling to uh, basically fall asleep he's he's kind of staying he's awake for days and then he'll sort of nod off and then but again it starts playing with this kind of mindset this kind of psychological thing he doesn't really know what's real what's a dream whether this is again almost a little bit like uh the lighthouse whether he's been there for days whether he's been there for hours it's really it's really really good al pacino's excellent in it but it was one of these times where robin williams did a, a dark like yeah. you know, psychotic sort of character, and yeah. he's really, really creepy in it, and it's wonderful. Oh. Really, oh, really cool, good. cool, cool. And you can definitely start seeing Nolan sort of trying, trying his style a little bit. Do you know what I mean? With like, yeah, 
quite sort of sweeping landscapes uh, in Alaska, the huge, you know, massive, it wasn't IMAX, but these really, really wide lenses and things like that. It's, be- yeah. it's a beautiful film and it's, it's a really good sort of psychological thriller. Brilliant. And, and that was the first time um, Nolan worked with Warner Brothers Is as a wa- studio. Oh, okay. And was um, Wally, did Wally Fister, um, was he Wally did the cinematography, cinematography for yeah, it. Yeah. 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 So, um obviously like since then he did inception with him and um and the he, he, yeah he did like, transcendence as, as well. well he directed uh, transcendence, directed transcendence yeah. yeah but he did the for um some of his other work um so yeah i mean another reason i've not seen insomnia is because you can't seem to get it anywhere ah. So there you go. again, as I say, I watched it a few years ago. I can't remember where it was. I saw it. Yeah. I maybe, maybe even had it on DVD at the time or something. But it is a great film. Really, really highly, highly recommend it. Cool. Um, and this takes us to uh, Batman Begins. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember. I think I've spoken about it in an earlier episode when I first saw Batman Begins. So I just finished my GCSEs. Uh, me and my mates, our dads dropped us off um, in Abersock at my mate's grand's caravan, regular listener Ben's grand's caravan, yeah. and uh, left the six of us there for a week. And uh, yeah, much fun ensued. But as, <laughs> as, as, but um, in one of the days, we um, walked into I think Abersock, and uh, there's a little, little, really sort of tiny cinema there that's sort of an old theater i think it was and uh we watched batman begins and i just i could not believe what i was seeing it was complete straight away i knew it was a game changer because yeah there had been other superhero films up until then but all poppy bright colors even you know even even the darker ones of the of the superman the original superman christopher reeves you think x-men reckon was darker i suppose it was yeah Yeah. but bat but batman was really it was a grown-up it was a real grown-up um and i suppose coming off the back you know the batman itself its reputation was in tatters, wasn't it? After yeah. Batman and Robin and the Bat Nipples well, and all well, it's like, of like everyone had, had everyone had had a pick of like vultures. Everyone had had a little pick at the remains of, of Batman and tried to do their own thing of it. But uh, you know, it felt so refreshing because as an origin story, it was just. I was watching it thinking, first of all, this speaks to sixteen-year-old me. It's like yes. you know, it's a bit more grown up as a sort of yeah. like superhero film. Um, but also, and I think a conversation for a later date is comparing uh, Batman Begins to uh, the first Iron Man in a way, because yeah. I think as as origin films, they're very cool in a similar way. As you watch them, thinking, God, this is plausible. Anyone could be this yeah. guy. Yeah. Sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Not anyone. Yeah. So before you had to have a lot of money, um, but. As well, it was just clear that Nolan had this artistic vision for it that he mm. did not waver from. It was beautiful, absolutely yeah. beautiful in the way it was shot. Well, the, the, that's what they said. They said it, it was, it's an art house superhero film when you, yeah. when you think about that. And it's like, yeah, it is. And the, yeah. to be fair, all of his films are that now. It's, it, yeah. you know, Insomnia was an art house. Like they're big budget art house films, big, and that's what makes them unique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. The thing for me for with Batman Begins, I always just remember say, going, and again, we were like 16 at the time going, oh my God, this is an absolutely mega cast yeah. in a Batman film, considering, you know, we'd come from Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Uma Thurman, yeah. you know, George Clooney, whatever. But these not particularly like great actors now. 
Yeah. But then looking at this and you've got obviously Christian Bale, who mm. I knew from American Psycho, amazing. You can see why you got cast as, as Bruce Wayne from American Psycho. Really, Gary Oldman. Um, yeah. Gary Oldman, who hadn't really Man. been in much other than Friends. For a few yeah. years. But obviously he was ma- massive in like late 80s, early 90s. Well, yeah in the 90s and I was like wow there's Commissioner Gordon fantastic that's perfect, perfect. Michael yeah. Caine as Alfred like, yes I think being a Batman fan and knowing the comics and knowing how Alfred actually has more depth to him than unfortunately the, the older guy from from uh, I can't remember his name the guy who played him in, in the Tim Burton and uh, yeah. uh, the Schumacher films I was like, Michael Caine, perfect. Yeah, he's he's yeah. got that history. He's got that sort of depth behind him. Amazing. Yeah. And then topping it off, we, obviously you've got Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, but then Liam Neeson as Razor. Well, you, as you'll find out, well, Razor. Yeah, Lord. yeah. Amazing. Just it, what a cast. It, and then again, Kate, Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes, who's like a new character as well. But yeah. She was really good, and you, I, I really liked the sort of. I may even go as far as I like the chemistry between her and Bale, maybe a little bit more than her uh, than Bale. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Possibly. I, I, I was I was going to bring that up a little bit later about the yeah comparing those two, but um, I mean the, the thing the thing that strikes me, and I, I actually rewatched Batman Begins the other night for about the hundredth time, but uh, it's, it's it's not my most rewatched Batman uh, film. But every time I rewatch it, I think. Actually, and when we get to the end of the Batman films, we'll discuss them as, <laughs> as a three, which is which is yeah. best. But it 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 moves up for me every yeah. time I watch it. And the, one of the things I like best about it is, um, it doesn't patronise the audience. There is a lot no. going on. There are a lot. There are a lot of sort of subtle little subplots and things like that, and li- yeah. little bits of politics going on there underneath. Yeah. Yeah. That you don't necessarily pick up at the first time you watch it. Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, as well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Bl- Killian Murphy as well. Killi- yeah, Killian oh Murphy's awesome. Thank God. Yeah. What a cast. Do you know he yeah. auditioned for Batman? He auditioned for Bruce Wayne. Oh, really? Batman. Okay, well, um, yeah. Yeah. But they were, Gar- they were like, he's not quite right. But what Christopher, uh, Christopher Nolan's like, right, he's going to be Scarecrow. Um, yeah. Because Chris Nolan fell in love with his eyes because he's got like these uh, really piercing blue eyes. So what, yeah. re- you should rewatch it again and watch every time he comes on scene, he takes his glasses off. Because uh-huh. Chris Nolan's like, I need to see those eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next on to the Prestige. Yeah. I watched the yeah. I watched the Prestige again last night. Actually, it's it's a cool film. Myself. There's something I, like 140 different jumps in time in that film. Really? Yeah. Not like different. Not 100 different. Not 100 yeah. different timelines, but. You know, maybe there's six different timelines going on. It jumps yeah. 140 times. I, w- I watched it last night and I was like, oh my God, yeah, it really yeah. jumped. Well, at, it, I mentioned earlier rewatchability. I don't think any of his films have got as much rewatchability as The Prestige because what because the whole thing is a trick yeah. on the audience. And once yeah. you know that the trick, you want to watch it again. So well, you can watch yeah, it. Yeah, and I watched, again, I've seen it loads of times, but watching it again last night and I'm like, Again, we're not going to give it away, but the trick is so obvious. Well, it is what it is when you know it. It is when you know <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no, but when you look at it and you're like, yeah, because yeah. Well, know, it's like that. You know, you know that, when that person there is. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> well, it's when when it's when she first walks into his room. Yeah. And that other person's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, 
well, like, that's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, but it 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 essentially. Oh, I mean, we we almost should have said at the start that we we're going to do this spoiler tastic. Which we, yeah. I feel, I feel more open doing this spoiler tastically. If you, yeah, I don't I know. So. Like, should we just go for it? Yeah, why not? So Christian Bale is in it <laughs> as two characters. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you don't want spoilers about The Prestige, um, switch off now. Go and watch The Prestige. It's, um, it, it's available to watch on Amazon Prime. And then come back and listen. But So basically, it's all about t- two magicians who are rivals. It's set in like 1890s yeah. or something like that. So you've got Hugh Jackman yeah. and Christian Bale. So, yeah, so then obviously... the. Hugh Jackman's character's wife, who is the assistant, dies, and it's sort of like, is it Christian Bale's character's fault or isn't it, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of sets them off as being rivals uh, because they both go on to have careers as magicians. And, and But the, the clever thing is, the whole thing is this trick. And at the start, it basically tells you the trick. It basically yeah. says, this is it, this is what we're going to do, <laughs> and then it all plays out. But then the first time you watch it as an audience member, you, you, I mean, it's it's like, even though it's told you, you don't see it, and yeah, and definitely. that's the clever bit, and and it even sort of suggests that's the answer to the, what's going on, but you still don't see it, and then you, <laughs> and then it gets to the end, and it's like, oh no way, because it, and and it's and it's part of what Michael Caine says at the start is as the audience member, you don't want yeah. to see how it works. No, yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. you, you kind of shy away from trying to see how it works. What I will say about this film, I really really enjoyed it, and I liked the kind of the him sort of moving away and doing more like a period set in film again a great cast Hugh Jackman Christian Bale Michael Caine um, Rebecca Hall um, uh, Scarlett Johansson amazing brilliant cast however I feel I, I've always felt like the way Hugh Jackman pulls off his trick by going to Tesla yeah, yeah, yeah. That's lazy. That's that's lazy but, writing. I thought. It, well, and I think I I texted you the other day after after watching it, and that's the thing that ruins it. I I love magic. I like. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a good magician at all. But me, <laughs> me, me, me and my mate Will, you know Will, um, yeah. used to do magic shows when we were kids for our families and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, just but, as Captain Hook. But oh yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I love about. I love otherwise about this film is that everything's explainable. Everything's got yeah. rational explanation yeah. and the whole Tesla machine, science fiction stuff just completely ruins the whole thing. It's yeah. like, well, you've yeah. lost me now. You've lost me because mm. you brought science fiction and, and actual magic into it. And yeah, that's, yeah, I can't, and it's, it's amazing apart from that alone. Yeah. It really, it really lets it down. Um, <laughs> the late David Bowie is, Nikolai Tesla. Yeah, and that's cool. And the and, circus uh, as well. Yeah. It could have been an amazing film. And it is a very, very good film. But it's just, to me, it just felt like, a, right, we need some sort of twist. Like, yeah. Okay, let's do that. And, I, and, and one to be fair to Nolan, it's be- felt a bit let down by a Nolan film. Well, yeah, but to be fair to Nolan, it's based on a book, I think. Uh, yeah, no, so it is. It is. It, but I, I get. Yeah, he could have done what he wants with it. Other than that, it's a very, very good film. Much better than The Illusionist that came out very similar time. Sorry, no, oh, no. I've not seen that. No. <laughs> no. So, so he made, he made I, I, well, I don't know about when he, he the order of um, production, but he certainly released that in between Batman Begins and the yeah. next film, The Dark Knight. I've not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Your face then. We've seen it like a hundred times together. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I, I think... 
I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely in my top three films of all time. And, this is my uh, favorite film of all time. Yeah, yeah. I th- you know, on on it on some days it would probably be my favorite film of all time. But I think I will yeah. say I've got to be. I do love this film like so much. I have got to be in the right mindset to watch it because it's very yeah. long, and it is. It doesn't give up at all. There's no like, you know, no sort of d- down moments or anything. It is full on all no, the way complete, through, which is amazing. Complete. And and, you, and yeah. I and I and I have got one one big problem with it, which I'll speak about in a, in a little bit. The thing that made this film was obviously Heath Ledger. He is yeah. just sensational, and obviously he died after production before it was in between production mm. and release. That almost made it even more haunting his character yeah, in a way. Yeah, I think you know, I've I've always been a huge, a big massive film fan, and considering we were what when did this come out? Two thousand and eight. So what? Um, we were Donna, like yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, we were like nineteen. Yeah, when it came. Yeah, so we were nineteen when it came out. I remember watching that film and just being absolutely breathless, like breathless. You know, I because I'd never seen acting like that before. Just yeah. never, just down to the little ticks that he had his little, the little like licking of his lips or, you know, brushing his hair back, just almost like unknowingly doing these things. Yeah. I'm just like, I've never seen anything. Oh, I'm not sensational. Seen anything sensational. It's incredible. Even from the, from the prologue at the start, when uh, the prologue at the start, as opposed to the prologue <laughs> at the end, um, but um, with the, with the, um, the heist, the bank, the bank, the bank, bank robbery. Yeah. Um, which was amazing in itself, but that moment when he takes his mask off and you first yeah. see him and it's like, oh, wow, I'm actually terrified of this guy. The way this film is shot is just beautiful. Absolutely well, this is beautiful. when they, they started messing about with IMAX, didn't they? Um, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal replaces um, Katie Holmes. And quite Rachel. and quite naturally as well, it, it doesn't feel too uncomfortable for that to happen I don't yeah. think I think the thing I was saying earlier but I, I kind of I felt like I liked the chemistry between Katie Holmes and Christine Bale more is yeah. because actually that's kind of the point of this film because she's with Harvey Dent amazingly played by Aaron Akar um, yeah. you kind of there, there isn't as much chemistry between her and Bruce she's kind of a little bit Annoyed at Bruce, isn't she? I yeah, a little bit. So, but and and I actually don't think Katie Holmes could have played the character that uh, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. No, again, she, she gives her a bit more. She gives her more attitude. She gives her more yeah. kind of confidence and and a, a bit more. And Katie uh, Holmes is softer, uh, isn't she? In Batman Begins. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and I, I mean, the the most notable. This is the what most notable where I mean massive massive input from Hans Zimmer's soundtrack it wow. was just adds so much to this film and yeah. that sort of content you said it never it never drops pace but I think yeah. and part of that is with Zimmer's it's soundtrack is like and it's like it's yeah a, one act scene finishes and it's on to the next onto it's the next. something like a, an electric guitar with like razor blades on it or something like that wow. and that's that's the kind of joker that long drawn out noise yeah amazing absolutely what a, amazing what a villain joker is that the <laughs> disappearing pen that that bit is yeah, just yeah. i mean it just it doesn't pull any punches in terms of it's it i mean you don't you don't see 
the the no, no, sort no, no, no. of gratuitous bits, but I mean, it's almost what you don't see is better in a way. Yeah, yeah like um, but, when, but again, when it, the tryouts, we're going to have tryouts. Snaps yeah, the pool yeah, cue yeah, and yeah. Uh, gives. A, but, and, but even it's like when you see like you don't see the the whole scar the the scar story and how yes. it changes like three times or whatever we, we don't need that we don't need to see what happened to we don't need that backstory and that's what makes it even ten times but, better Christian Bale is incredible in this film he is I would the only irritating are... bit is the Raleigh <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, oops um and, uh, yeah, and that, that's the only thing that's that has been poked fun at since. And yes, of course, it's yeah. shaming away. But that's I, all. I, I love the. I just think Christian Bale's so good because he's the first. You can argue Michael Keaton, but I think he's the first one where you care about Bruce and Batman the same. Whereas, like <laughs> Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton's you kind of he's Batman more. You yeah. know what I mean? And you kind of care about that. Nobody cares about Val Kilmer. Nobody cares about George Clooney. Yeah. And I think Christian Bale, because he's such a good actor, he really kind of gives depth to both sides of it. And, and, and But I think a lot of why you get that depth from Bruce Wayne as well, and yeah, yes, it's Christian Bale, but also Michael Caine and those oh, tender, yeah, those, those tender yeah. moments between Michael Caine and Christian Bale. And, and there's, there's some really sort of like poignant bits of yeah, dialogue. Like, you know, even like some people just want to watch the world burn and things yeah, like that. But, yeah, but, it's, yeah. but it's those interactions between them when it gives Bruce Wayne's character um, a heck of a lot of depth because of how much Michael Caine cares so deeply about him. Yeah, and yeah. I think with that, you care about him as well. Um, it's just... Oh, cannot cannot stress it enough. I absolutely it's made, it's made love a, this film. It's made a billion dollars now uh, yeah. at the box yeah. office. And, yeah. that's it. That says all you need to know. So, yeah, moving forward to 10 years ago now, which makes me feel old, yeah. 2010's Inception. So how, uh, so how do you follow up The Dark Knight, one of the most critically acclaimed films of all time? Yeah. Inception. <laughs> well, some, it's just something I dreamed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's the film he's, he'd wanted to make. I think I'm just pulling up for anecdotally what I've heard. Yeah. I think he'd, he'd think he'd had it and wanted to make it for a while before. Mm. And it was sort of like he'd, he'd made The Dark Knight and was then at that point able to go to Warner Brothers and say, can I have $160 million to make like this <laughs> film that I want to watch? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, mate, of course you can. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, so Inception, uh, if you've not seen Inception, you need to see it. It stars Leonardo, Leonardo How have you not seen Inception uh, if you've not know. seen Inception? <laughs> uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who we've spoken about a lot on this program. Uh, Ellen Page, who's brilliant in it. Tom Hardy. Uh, Killy Murphy's in it again. Uh, and obviously Michael Caine amongst others and yes. so go on give us a little bit of like a sort of setup to Inception if you can Inception takes place in a world where you can access your own dreams and you can access other people's dreams and, and sort of share them together that then leads to people undertaking what they call dream heists so extracting information from pe- from other people via their dreams <laughs> that then leads to basically this plot of trying to plant an idea in somebody's head via their dream. Does that kind of make sense? Uh, I'm really enjoying watching so, you sort of squirm and find a way of like actually <laughs> lay out this story. And, and, and to be fair, none of that matters because no. actually the, po- the point is 
they go into a dream and they want to plant this idea. So in order to plant this idea, you go into another dream within that dream. And then <laughs> they decide to do the unthinkable, which is going to another dream within that dream. I feel like I'm going to be editing this section a lot, Greg. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's fine. Um, but, but back to the idea of time. So, so with every dream state you step into time stretches. So, yeah. um, in the first level, I mean, I can't remember the the figures, but whatever, like one minute in the real world is twenty minutes in yeah. the first dream state. One minute in that first dream state is worth an hour in the second dream state, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that gives. I mean, it's the thing about Inception is everything we've just said. If again, if you're not if you've not seen it, you'll be sitting listening to us thinking, what a load of rubbish. That sounds so complicated and so ridiculous. But the amazing thing Chris Nolan does with Inception is despite all that, it's very easy to watch and understand what's yeah, going on. Definitely. Firstly, the visuals are incredible. You will see cities spinning and toppling folding. and folding on each other. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You will see um like trains in the middle of the street you know what i mean and yeah, you will yeah. see gravity just not exist in particular places and things like that and it's great it is unbelievable but from what we were saying about uh, mentioned earlier this is nolan's bond film isn't it when you think about it this is his spy esp- not, i suppose espionage to a certain extent yeah yeah this is his bond film and i think somebody i think it was rick a few weeks ago wasn't it commented and said like the the fine well the third dream level is just golden eye basically yeah. and it's so well done and this is basically nolan saying i don't need to do a bond film but this is what i'd do if i did a bond film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just wonderful. great at the end of the film there's there's a scene where you know everything sort of works out the way his character he wants it to for yeah. his character and he spins his top to see if he's in the real world and then he walks away from it and it's almost like he doesn't really care whether it, yeah. whether it topples yeah. or not and then the camera hangs on it and they must have spent so long getting that shot <laughs> just right because yeah. it gives a very slight before it cuts to black very slight sort of wobble yeah to leave the audience to think to wonder whether he is in in the real world or not so um we put it to a poll on uh, instagram the other the other day um just for fun see if you guys think it topples or not and 62 percent of you think it does topple so he's in the real world which i think what you want to that's what you want to think isn't it so i'm not surprised that it went in that in that favor um but i mean but more importantly i think i don't think even chris nolan knows yeah. or even intends to, to know whether it does topple or not. So Yeah, definitely. Inception was released in between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. And th- there was a lot of anticipation for The Dark Knight Rises, obviously because of how incredible The Dark Knight was. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the, bi- the big thing I remember is, obviously they started to, they, they released the fact that Bane was going to be in it and Tom Hardy was Bane. going to play Bane. Um, and I can't, I'm trying to remember when they released the prologue to uh, The Dark Knight Rises, what film that was at the start of. It I was, feel like it, it was, was Mission Mi- Impossible. It was, it was Fallout. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol, yeah. Four, number four. Yeah. And that was, so they released the protocol, uh, the, sorry, they released the prologue uh, the scene where you first see Bane and it's on the plane and um, Bane on a plane. Who's who's the sp- what, who's the guy who plays the the uh, CIA guy? Oh, uh, it's Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Oh, of course it is. That's it. It's uh, yeah. yeah. 
And what would you say? What, uh, he's probably thinking, why would you shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane? <laughs> um, Perfectly good airplane. Yeah. But <laughs> when they first released that prologue, that's not what everyone heard. What everyone heard. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone obviously kicked off. Went, we well, can't. Like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, they, I think, they, did they redub all his lines? Yeah. But the, the very. Um... They've never fully admitted that they've done it all, but yeah. you can find examples online where it's like, yeah, they, they redid it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. I remember when they they announced that Tom Hardy was going to play Bane, and we were everybody was like, oh, okay, so obviously it's going to be the Riddle is going to be the next, the next, the next uh, villain. Yeah, because it's it, got to be like the known, the known yeah, one. Got, wasn't it's it? got to be the Riddler. And then when he was like, no, uh, so the the main sort of villain, main villain. We'll okay. see. Um, it's going to be Bane, and everyone was like, "What?" Yeah, someone like who? Big muscly <laughs> guy from Batman yeah. and Robin, like ridiculous. Yeah. But then, when obviously you read into it, and it's um, there's a really famous comic uh, called Nightfall, where yes. basically Bane breaks Batman's back, and yeah. they took. And I was actually genuinely so surprised that they actually did that scene in the film. Yeah. I thought I was actually like, I was like, Nolan kind of stands on his own a little bit. He he doesn't be, you know, he's not influenced by a lot of people. Like, and I was, just for him to actually be like, no, you know what, we've got Bane. We're doing we're, it. Oh, of course we're doing that scene. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. What will break first? Your spirit? Or your, or your spirit? <laughs> yeah, you're buying. Uh, <laughs> so good. Um, uh, I, I mean, I think that what we'll say first of all is, um, I mean, that people, people will debate all day of which is the best out of the trilogy but irrespective of that it didn't it didn't let anyone down in terms of not had this all, anticipation it, yeah. and it was it was it was brilliant as, yeah as it really really like, is it, it's it's got that amazing prologue like like we say that totally sets it up kind of you know stands very very closely to to the 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 dark knight's prologue um it's got, and once again, an absolutely amazing cast, bringing in some new new people as well. Um, Joseph God Levitt is in it as, um, well, that that character. The, um, the, the, we'll say a cop for now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've got um, Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle, or the cat. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Brilliant casting. Um, and then the other big one of obviously is Tom Tom um, Tom Holland. I was going to say Tom Holland. Tom Hardy. Was Bane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love all the bits that link in. I love the fact that, that you've you know it goes back to the League of Shadows because because yeah. actually Dark Knight comes completely away from that League of Shadows mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Which I was a I little lo- bit surprised. I was a bit surprised at actually how much it did link. You know, it's more of a sequel to Batman Begins than the the Dark Knight. Really. Okay. I mean, I, and also, I mean, big twist at the end with the. Um, Miranda Tate character, yeah, Tali, yeah. daughter, and the, the whole sort of shaved head thing. So you spend the whole uh, whole film thinking that it's yeah. Bane, don't you? And then yeah, it's, yeah. And it's not. That's cool. I, I mean, the biggest thing. I mean, again, this, again, one of my favourite films. It's. I mean, you know, it's up there still, yeah. and it's got so much rewatchability. But the, there are things that will always bug me, and the biggest thing that bugs me about this film is the timer on this bomb <laughs> yeah it's like oh it's probably stable for 24 hours or whatever it is 
well, let's put a timer on it that counts down to, from 24 hours. So, that, you know, but it's all based on an estimate, but, oh, it's got exactly yeah. that amount of time now before, <laughs> before it um, explodes. That's it. And that is sort of like enthusiasm. That, I found that distracting. Actually, I don't know whether I did the first time I watched it, but the more I think about it, I think someone must have said it to me once. And gone, yeah. Yeah, why is there a timer on it? And then you go, oh, yeah, why is there a timer on it? That's ridiculous. <laughs> the things I really liked about it, I loved Bane how it was the first sort of physically imposing villain to come up against Batman who really could beat the crap out of Batman. Do you know what I mean? Um, I loved that. As I said earlier, I loved the whole uh, Selina Kyle sort of how she's kind of playing both sides a little bit to a certain extent, which is really good. Um, Mm. The the things for me that I didn't enjoy (laughs) are those things as well. I I didn't like the kind of twist for Bane, how actually he's just a henchman. He's, a, he's not yeah. the big brains behind it. It's, no, it's no. Natalia, I'll, I'll go, which is cool. And I like that it's, you know, a female villain and all that sort of stuff. But it can, for me, it took a little bit away from Bane. Bit, and in, yeah. the end, but in the end, he just gets shot by a Catwoman and, and that's it. You know oh, what I mean? I was, I was just a bit yeah. like, ah, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. However, that ending, okay, moving past the timer, but that yeah. ending and with the restaurant, yeah. it, and and again all the different timelines there coming together it's another it's another spinning out. top isn't it yeah definitely that flying out you see uh, the explosion you, you've got joseph gordon levitt's thing going on with him picking up his you know all that yeah yeah and then and then that restaurant scene it is beautiful yes. however it would have been better if you didn't see bruce if you didn't see them and you just saw him sort of nod and that was it I'd be like, oh, yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is he nothing at Bruce, or is he not? You know, is it somebody else? Is it? Is it? You know, and I think that would have been a slightly, I don't know, just a more thought-provoking ending, I suppose. And so, so what do you? I mean, do you think it is conclusive? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. So you think he survives and he's there? Yeah, because be, yeah. because if he wasn't, I don't think Selena Carl would be there. Yeah, but but again, it's I mean that's it's all got so much rewatchability. But you're yeah, right. Yeah. If 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 it had, in terms, if you think back to the Inception wobble in the, mm. I mean, they they must have how much long must they have spent getting that? You know, let's go forward another frame. Let's go back another yeah. frame. No, yeah, like yeah, getting yeah. it to the right sort of moment. But actually, yeah, that was quite sort of broad strokes in that sort of ending. Mm. Is just like, oh yeah, let's just show them at the end when they could they could have <laughs> made it more ambiguous, couldn't they? Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, either way, it rounded off. It is, the trilogy a, it is a wonderful. It's you know the best in my opinion, the best trilogy there is. Um, it's not better than Toy Story trilogy. Yes, it's, well, it's it's not a trilogy. Well, I know it was before, obviously, before. Came <laughs> yeah. So that was 2012, Dark Knight Rises, and then in 2014, Interstellar came out. Um, so this is his Kubrickian sci-fi, isn't it? So we've we've had his Bond film, we've had his superhero film, and now yeah. we've got his his big <laughs> space opera. Let's sort of say. Yeah, and and I think, I mean, in in the grand scheme of cinema. If it was if it wasn't Nolan's name attached to it, I'd probably think, oh, it's a really good film. Yeah. But I think almost because it's Nolan, and I kind of think so much of your work is better than this. Yeah. Um, I kind of I, I hold it to a higher standard than I would if it wasn't a Nolan film. I mean, I'm watching. It, I'm thinking, well, it's basically Red Dwarf without the jokes, and it's like, <laughs> or, or or it's a Wally live action remake. You know, it's, it's um, yeah. it it. <laughs> 
some of it is silly. Some of it is so silly. I mean, some of the science is stupid for a start. <laughs> well, um, actually, some of the science is bob on as well, though. The, oh, some of it is. The, I mean, yeah. they had a they had an advisor that they worked very closely with. Who was this physicist? Kip, who Kip, was it? Kip Thorne. Yeah, oh, I made that, um, made that up. Is that who, right? He done. Didn't he do contact as well? It, Probably. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it it's it's all very practical. I didn't feel the emotion of the time stretching thing. I didn't feel the emotion of uh, Matthew McConaughey's character uh, leaving his daughter. Uh, really. Well, I, th- I just think the whole him leaving his daughter was just very contrived. You yeah. know, like at the beginning, it's just it's like you well, you wouldn't leave that easily, and you've no, you've only had I, one conversation with these people, and now they've convinced you to go. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, and I get so the whole thing for, for those who haven't seen it, it's sort of the, the end of the world is looming, and they need to move. To, they need to find another hospi- hospitable planet in order for yeah. the human race to survive, and that and that is big stuff. Yeah, but. It didn't feel like a big deal. Anyway, no, I think, I think really, it's it, it's a good film, as you say, but it's not. It's nowhere near his other stuff. And I think just the the things just to note on it, visually, it's incredible. Like, I I've not seen many films that are as visually sort of stunning as this. You know, the whole sort of black hole thing. Um, the whole, um, the whole the kind bridge, of the bridge tesseract bit. thing at the end, yeah, 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 unbelievable. However, the whole the last half an hour is just nonsense. Oh, absolute awful. nonsense! And and I mean, skip, skipping ahead to the, the last bit when he when he I mean, we said we we're going to do spoilers, but when he meets when he finds his daughter and his daughter's an old woman and she's lying in a bed and all the family come around her, as if the whole film has been about seeing his daughter again, and then it's like, "I'll see you," and he just goes off like <laughs> as, if. <laughs> as if but I think well, is it time to read Christian's message for this one? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he did send in a message, didn't he go and you go for it. Christian sent us a message about Interstellar. He said, Interstellar, first half, amazing. Second half, toss. I mean, a young woman believes a ghost gives her the answer to save the planet through the hands on a watch. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that whole, I mean, it doesn't even explain, you know, the whole shift in gravity thing and the mo- yeah. and a general hole in all of Chris Nolan's work. What he does visually is amazing. What he does with um, scientific concept is completely like, in another world yeah. that is all amazing in that respect he is a complete visionary and just one of the best filmmakers not just of our generation but of ever, many generations ever, yeah. yeah and but his downfall is uh, um emotion and tenderness and mm. uh, actually uh, actually feeling the human connection that's i mean he doesn't always sometimes he sometimes he manages it all right the one one point i'd argue with that is is Alfred and Bruce, and yeah, especially that, Al- Alfred at, at the graves. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. But I, I think what you've got there is good, great actors and bringing yeah, um, bringing the things so up. Matthew McConaughey's not, in my eyes, the greatest actor by a long shot. Uh, mm. Yeah, um, the scenes on the water planet were pretty great, like really harrowing. Oh, the waves! Yeah, yeah. They're not mountains; they're waves. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely worth a watch, but I don't think many people are going to come away going, I really liked that film. 
it's not a terrible film, but as Chris Nolan films go, yeah. it's not a great film. <laughs> so let's move on to number 10. Yeah, Dunkirk. So this is Dunkirk, which I, I, came out... Well, go on. Now I was going to say, which came out 2017. 17? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is, on the face of it, he you'd think he's completely drifting away from anything he's done before. Mm. It's not, there's no sci-fi element to it, yeah. um, but the, and he managed to do it. It's like, it's, it's basically a war film of the, you know, of the Dunkirk landings and uh, the fact that all these, all these men had to be retri- retrieved from the beaches, Dunkirk, but he still manages to do his time shifting thing incredibly in it. And it's, it is so well done. Yeah, film. it's it's beautifully oh. shot, and it's yeah. only it was only when you see, for me, and it's quite late on. It's only when you see Killian Murphy again. Yeah, because he's in it a couple of times, isn't he? And you see him yeah. again. I'm like, oh, it's totally different timelines going. Uh, to actually think about it, to have it explained to you about this, that you know, you've got a long timeline, a medium timeline, and a small timeline, and it's cut in between the three of them. Um, and then it all gets to the point later on in the film where they converge. Yeah. But it sounds overly complicated, but when you watch it, it all completely works. And you're just like, oh, oh yeah, this, is, this, this works. I've only seen this film once. We watched yeah. it on the IMAX in Manchester. And, but I still remember like, everything about it. Because it, yeah. it, this film is incredible. Who, like, else would incredible. Have made, who else would have made a war film like that? Like no, one. no, no one else would have made that, and it's crazy. It's like the guy. And on the when I first heard the guy who we love, who made Inception yeah. and the Batman trilogy, is making this war film at Dunkirk. It's like what? But yeah. he manages to put his mark on it, hundred percent. It's so wonderful that the whole sort of on the beach stuff could be a silent film. There's yeah. very, very, and well, to a certain, there's. Well, that's part it's of very little dialogue. For a re- yeah, and it's for well, a lot of actually, when you look at it from the outside, there's there's a reason oh, behind God, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. There's especially in the in the boat in the boat hall. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but it, it could be this silent film. It's yeah. you know, and it, it's done beautifully. And Killian Murphy is amazing as this sort of, yeah. sort of shell shock soldier. You've got and, ba- um, and Bane comes back into it. Bane, I'm in a plane. <laughs> 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 Um, but, and Uncle Ken's in it again. Uncle Ken's yeah. in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mark, Ryland, uh, Mark Rylance. Oh, he's the guy. He's the dad on the boat, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. So Mark Rylance as well. Um, I just yeah, it's just it's just so well done. And again, a lot of like ma- mainly practical effects. They even put like cardboard cutouts on the beach in the horizon of soldiers stood up so it looked like there was more people on the beach did you see this it's so cool so well done Um, but it just shows like a a like a respect to films and a respect to kind of old sort of war films as well yes and just this sort of attention to detail it's just oh unbelievable unbelievable lord knows what else he'll do in the future yeah but i'm really Um, excited to see it yeah uh Quentin Tarantino said this was his favourite film of the past, like, 10 years. Really? Yeah. That says a lot as well. Yeah. 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 So okay. there you have it, I suppose. That's the the first 10, ten Christopher Nolan films. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
we asked as well i mean back to the dark knight trilogy we asked you guys to put them in rank order best to worst and it's, it's quite a difficult thing to do um I mean, Elliot said he, he ranks one and two equally. So he says Batman Begins in Dark Knight on, on equal footing, which I, I think that's quite difficult to argue. Uh, it'd be interesting to know why he's done that and he's put um, Dark Knight Rises at the end. Um, Alison, clearly trying to be provocative, says all SHIT personally, where's Spider-Man? Go away, Alison. Um yeah. Jack says, uh, number one, Dark Knight, because Joker and Harvey Dent. Number two, Dark Knight Rises, just amazing, just not as amazing. Uh, and uh, number three, Batman Begins, still good. Uh, we also asked a bit of a daft question of uh, which out of the four characters that Michael Caine's played in uh, Chris Nolan's film so far. So that's uh, Alfred Pennyworth, obviously, um, Cutter, John, I think it's John Cutter off uh, The Prestige, Professor yeah. Miles off Inception, and uh, Professor Brand off Interstellar, which is your favourite Michael Caine. And it was almost unanimously uh, <laughs> Alfred Pennyworth, uh, apart from uh, someone called Jesse said number four, uh, I mean, Professor Brand off Interstellar, which oh, really? I again, he's, a, he's a baddie. Yeah, uh, just again, probably just trying to be controversial. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for your input into our Instagram polls. Yeah. So there we go. That is um, Christopher Nolan's back catalogue. Let us know your ranking of the Christopher Nolan films. Tell us which ones you like. Tell us which ones you didn't like. Um, and we really, really look forward to hearing from you and obviously hearing your thoughts on Tenet as well. PG Tips. So this week's So Solid You slash PG Tips is Disney's Wreck-It Ralph, directed by... Rich Moore. <laughs> directed by Rich Moore, who co-directed Zootopia, which is one of my favourite animated films. Uh, came out in 2012, which seems like absolutely ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, con- really, really cool concept. I mean, it's funny, we, we've spoken not so long ago about... Um, particular game characters being adapted into into movies yeah. now wreck it ralph isn't a known game character it's not yeah. from what i understand anyway, it's completely made up game yeah, character yeah. Um, however they include because wreck it ralph is a is a character within a game in an arcade yeah fix it and, felix. <laughs> uh, yeah fix it felix is the name of the game and uh they're all linked through their power sockets um, and there's this little like hub a bit in a sort of a bit like in in a um, in an inside out sort of way. It's these sort yeah. of like be- beings within that you don't get to see, but they're sort of, they're sort of there in between. And um, within that, there are some sort of known uh, game properties, if you like, that are yeah. sort of cameoed or um, some of them have even speaking roles uh, throughout. So you've got Sonic in there. Uh, you've got Bowser and um, yeah. Uh, Doctor Eggman, what's it called? Yeah. Robotnik, Robotnik. Um, a few others as well. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a ghost called... from Pac-Man and things. Like Go- that. Yeah, that's really cool. And when they have the um, the bad guys anonymous or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. meeting, yeah. and when they all leave the room and they're actually in Pac-Man, it's really like, really San- clever. San- San- Sanjeev or something from I think he's from yeah. like 
Tekken or Mortal Kombat. Or yeah, like there's, a few, really. and there's a few others yeah. as well, aren't there? Um, what it does really cleverly, I mean, it's not a Pixar film, but like we said with a lot of the good Pixar films, is it just has a really strong, clear concept that you yeah. can buy into early on. Yeah. And, and uh, once you're in there, it's just like, yes, I, I, this works, cool show me and uh it's it's really really nice and it's a really nice sort of story arc it's about a bad character and it's really about the stigma that he carries as in being Mm. a baddie and yeah it's it's a a film about kindness and things like that isn't it and when he he makes friends with the 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 print, well, the princess, spoilers. Um, yeah. But I think again, I, I always, I always go on about these messages in these like family films. But I, I just love them, especially in this one. It's so nice. It's, it's about friendship. It's about, it's about yeah. what's underneath. It's not about, um, you know, it's not all about looks and things like. Because obviously, R- Ralph is this big sort of intimidating sort of character. It's not about that. Yeah. You can be friends with, you know, the the cute little princess. And I, yeah. I don't know. It's just got this lovely sort of warm, touching feelings to it. Really cool ideas. I mean, I didn't. My kids absolutely loved it, and they quite they like computer games now. I play the Wii with them, yeah. and they know Sonic and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love that idea of being inside computer games. Yeah. Uh, whereas I've, when I've tried to watch the sequel with them, Ralph breaks the internet. And the in, the internet to them as four and five year olds is quite abstract. You know, they yeah. they can't they don't they don't understand what the internet is, so they've not, they couldn't get on with that at all, and we mm. end up turning it off quite quickly. Um, but again, this it's just a simple idea that just works beautifully. Yeah, the animation's incredible. I always remember the the scene where the game isn't Halo, but it's basically Halo. Um, well, it's kind know. of Halo slash Call of Duty, isn't it? Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. And Here, in fact, it's called Heroes Duty. Though. Yeah. <laughs> That in particular, like the animation in that is incredible. It's yeah. so like beautifully made. It's it's yeah. really well. J- Jane Lynch is the uh, the voice of the. Um, and, I, and do you know what I could tell straight yeah. away? Yeah, it <laughs> looks a little bit like it. Yeah, it? yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but it, but even just you know John C. Riley as Ralph, it, like it is a very beautiful like. I wouldn't even say like nuanced performance a little bit to to a certain yeah. extent. It's not this like big over the top sort of performance it is he's quite sort of a bit low-key as well you know what i mean yeah, like a, a yeah. little bit sort of well, just, plays it down you, a little bit and, and you just warm to him straight away and it's mm. it, it's subtle but you feel for him it's very easy to sort of feel for him and yeah and definitely. be on his side early on yeah even though he's causing all this destruction and things like that so one of the reasons we chose wreck it ralph as our so solid view this week is because you can see it on the television on bbc what? one on bbc oh one Terrestrial. Not, BB- not BBC Two, BBC Three, BBC, Don't no. start. Um, BBC One at uh, half past four on Saturday afternoon. So we'll if you definitely be tuning in, yeah, on, get on it Disney put, Plus <laughs> or on Disney Plus. But uh, yeah, or you can put put a put a tape in and set it to record. Make sure you wind it back first, though. In keeping with uh, Chris Nolan, so the films we spoke about earlier on, they're all films that Chris Nolan has um, basically ri- uh, written and directed himself, but he's also produced on other stuff. Um, so in keeping with Chris Nolan's theme for this week's Dirty Dozen, we decided to put, uh, controversially, uh, Man-, Man of Steel, so the Superman reboot uh, from Zack Snyder from a few years ago, Man of Steel um, against 
the sort of sequel to it was it the one directly after or was the one in between yeah yeah it's one directly after so uh batman versus superman dawn dawn of justice Justice. and 64 percent of you uh said man of steel now i think when we put these against each other i think people think we're saying what is your favorite but actually (laughs) the real question is now which do you want us to want to hear as review and um i think I would have liked to be doing a 12-word review of Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice because mm. it is one of the most appalling films I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but, in my opinion, Man of Steel is not great either, which is why my 12-word review goes a little bit like this. Mm-hmm. A joyless chore of alien excessiveness, lacking humanity, and bang! Crash! Smash! Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Mine says, potentially the start of something great. Oh, how wrong we were. Martha. <laughs> I know that's from a different film. I know. I was going to say, yeah. Did you just write one 12-word review and you didn't care which, <laughs> which well, one it was? I, I, had, I had 11 words. So I was like, oh, right, we'll okay. just throw in another one. Yeah. Oh, we can't say. I was going to say a little bit about that but i'm not going to obviously we can't the um, mouth thing is the mouth thing is the worst thing in the world it's like well, i couldn't possibly comment greg anymore okay. because you've said your 12 words um Stu sent us yet another profound review of this mm. and he didn't even need 12 words for yeah. the dirty dozen so this is when we gave obviously we gave you both the films so the man of steel and batman versus superman dawn of justice and here Here's Stu's, you ready? Here we go. Go on. The bullshit. So, Greg, we've been sent some homework this week via Instagram. Excellent. I love homework. Give me more homework. (laughs) Give me more homework. So, Julia messaged us on Instagram and said, potential homework task, watch Peanut Butter Falcon, heartwarming depiction of building friendships and independence and a few killer wrestling moves thrown in for good measure. Amazing. I mean, I've had this on my watch list since it came out. I've been really wanting to see it. Uh, And I think... the reason a lot of people, Julie is not the only person who's recommended it to me recently. Mm. I think it's because it's just come out on Netflix. Like Netflix. Uh, Our non-listener in Australia, Kev, messaged me a few weeks ago and said, you need to watch Peanut Butter Falcon. It's really, really so, good. There we go. So it must be worth watching. I look forward to watching that this weekend. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. Cheers. This was this is came out sort of when Shia LaBeouf had released two films. Um, he'd done Peanut Butter Falcon and he'd done Honey Boy, which was this kind of almost like autobiographical sort of film. Um, and they both got really, really good reviews. So I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing it. Awesome, yeah. What have you got going on this week, Greggles? Well, tomorrow it's my sister's 30th. So we are. We've hired a canal boat for the day. Oh, nice! So I did a uh, I did a stag do on a barge once. Oh yeah, that was Marks. Was it? Marks, yeah, I yeah. Was, it was carnage. Uh, <laughs> so I, I give my sister a little happy birthday on here. Oh, I know happy she, birthday, she does, hat. She she doesn't always listen on time because she doesn't do much <laughs> on time. Uh, yeah. But happy birthday anyway. Yeah, happy birthday, Hattie. Uh So yeah, I'm doing that and. Uh, I don't know what else. Oh, well, obviously, watching Tenet next week. Are we? What's that all about? 
Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm back at 45 minutes uh, or so. Uh, longer than that, Jesus. What are you doing this weekend? Um, not tons, sort of Saturday. My niece's turned 16 on oh. Sunday, so we're going to go and see them and have, you know, some food and some drinks and stuff like that, which is going to be fun. Cool. Um, but other than that, not much. The nice, relaxed one. We've had a, a few sort of busy weekends. It's yeah, nice to do not much. Yeah, definitely. I, I like Wreck It Ralph at four o'clock on Saturday oh, afternoon on BBC 4:30. One. 4:30. Oh, I'm busy then. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Dave. We forgot to do a, a password for the podcast. Uh, hang on, Arthur. Yeah. Give me a password. What's the password? Daddies. Oh man. It's very late, late on this Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as always, get in touch on the Instagram at Dad's on Film Pod and the Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. Take part, be involved. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, it's what makes this podcast go around. Yeah, definitely. Check out uh, Cloudgate Coffee, cloudgatecoffee.com. And for 15% off, use code DANCE. Yeah. Anything else send, to add, Dave? Yeah, send us your... Um, I'm not going to say it, Greg. We've okay. got a full episode. You're trying to taunt me. I'm no. not a performing monkey. I just uh, um, unlike. <laughs> I just think. Yeah, just thinking back to um, speak about Heath Ledger is the best Joker. Oh, shut up. Who's the worst Joker? Um, Jack Nicholson. No, how dare you? That's a, he's a good Joker. We all know. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Okay. I'm not rising to your taunts. Fine. Although I. Actually- Hate Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do.